0: Hello everyone, my name is Max McGillivray from Beanstalk, Beanstalk Global. As you can see from my backdrop, we've got a very interesting broadcast today um, all about agri-leadership. You all know, or you might not know if you're listening in on an international basis about the great team that is the AHDB. Um, And they're they're always looking to create a difference. They're looking to create a difference in the respect of leadership. Um, And we are, Beanstalk and I, Uh, with the team at AHDB are looking to help everyone with a broadcast series called Leadership, Leadership Broadcast, Talking Leaders. Um, And we're very privileged to have uh, a chap on a little bit later, a chap by the name of Tim Bradshaw, who has got a fascinating background, as you're all going to find out. Um, And and the reason why we're really keen to bring Tim on, because there's so many learnings that we can understand, pick up, and through a sort of process of osmosis, learn from key individuals um, such as Tim. We know how important it is to be inspired by both big big businesses and individuals, which is why we're very excited to present Talking Leaders, a new monthly initiative from the AHDB. This is going to set up a series of inspirational speakers to share their life experiences and deliver impactful stories to the agri-leader community. So when we speak to Tim later, you're going to find out that he's a British Army officer and he's he's also, would you believe it, an Everest mountaineer. And Tim's going to discuss with us as, how, as to how to deal with a crisis and cope with situations where carefully laid out plan can be ruined by factors outside of your control. And how you deal with it and how you keep mo- moving forward and how you bring your team with you. We've all been in, and especially in the last year, in various states of, uh, of, of crisis um, and crisis trying to find a way as to how to come through that in a a positive manner to fulfill what you're looking to achieve is really, really important, which is, again, is a really key reason why we've set up this uh, Talking Leaders Out broadcast. I just want to bring in a a, a couple of key individuals from the AHDB so you, you can also learn from them. Mark, Mark Campbell, please come in. Isaac Van Herden, come in. So, Mark, fantastic to see you. Good morning, Matthew. Good to see you as well. And Isaac, fantastic to see you as well. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, so, Mark, can you just give a bit of a background, what do you do within um, the, the great organisation that is the AHDB, please?
1: Uh, yeah, thank you, Max. So, um, yeah, I, I uh, sit in the Business Insights and Skills team um, and uh, with Isaac have created um, and uh, running out a programme called AgriLeader. So AgriLeader essentially um, is a programme that we're trying to, to build a community uh, around anything, leadership, management and people. Fantastic. And Isaac, please introduce yourself.
2: Hi oh, there. Yeah, I'm Isaac Van Heerden, and um, uh, you know, with Marks and Lead on on the Agri Leader program, we basically have it uh, based around key uh, three key themes of leading myself, leading others, and leading my business. And we feel that are the the areas that's important for people and you know, in in their businesses to focus on. Um, Today's thing, well, uh, today's topic will probably send focus on leading myself, but the, through through this program of Agri Leader, we will touch on all all three areas.
0: Gentlemen, well, well done. If there's something I've I've learned over the last year, over and above collaboration, collaboration seems to be uh, really key within business, especially within with, within farming, training, development, uh, leadership. There's a there's a, a graph I keep on um, discussing that came up from Cranford University that, that shows that. Uh, the more training development that you put into a team, the better increased turnover you can uh, you can attract and also the better profitability and also the better um, staff retention. If, do, do you think gentlemen, that um, traditionally the the ag sector has been a, a little bit weak on training, a little bit weak on leadership training? Mark, what do you think?
1: I, I think it's, it's not, not been the focus. So there's been a definite driver to all that technical delivery and that technical training. Um, and it's kind of Forgotten about uh, the people and the leadership and management development, and that's the reason why we're we're trying to to develop this program and, and spread the community across all the sectors. Because whatever sector you sit in, whether it's uh, a horticulture sector, whether it's in dairy, there's one common commonality, which is there's people. Whether that's a team of people that you employ, whether that's the family, your mother, father, brother, sister, um, we need to develop ourselves as people as well as to develop that technical ability.
2: Well, and uh, we've actually. Well said. We've, we've actually just uh, had a report, uh, Max, that looked into that, uh, the uh, Bridging the Gap leader report, and it shows that, you know, about less than half a percent of uh, farmers and growers actually invest uh, every year in, you know, this leadership and wow. management uh, type training. So definitely room for improvement there.
0: Well, it's a fascinating area, isn't it? There's that old saying that the, the best thing about running a business is employing people, but the worst thing about running a business is employing people. But if, you, if you've got a, a team that's highly motivated and in some respects managing you as a senior leader because of the time and investment that you've put into them, what, what a great place um to be. And, and again, that's why I think this Talking Leaders uh, Broadcast is such a, a good idea so that we can give everyone, Isaac, Mark, a, a short, pithy one hour um, so that people can watch it on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook or on the podcast series and just to learn from, from um, individuals who've gone through real life changing experiences so we through this i used this word osmosis earlier through through a a process of osmosis we can learn from them and i don't know about you guys i've I've learned some real key um, elements from key people just by listening to them and then when I've been in that situation I can recall back to to thinking well that individual said if you do this then it might actually work and as a rule it it works I I think it's a it's a great idea and and what about Tim before we bring Tim in uh, why why did you look to select Tim as our first um, expert our first expert on talking leaders please Mark
1: so tim what a story he's got and he's he's got all sorts of challenges and just meeting him and and meeting some of the the, the other colleagues at sandstone um it just where they're utilizing experiences uh, and challenges which are, that have been comes within their personal lives and within their their, their careers that it is it's really reputable back into the agriculture and horticulture sector It's all about nicking the good ideas, isn't it? Like you said, learning from (laughs) learning those bits and and pinch them and apply them into your business.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, And Isaac, would you agree? Definitely. uh, As as, um, you know, the agri leader team, we're always looking at uh, bringing farmers uh, something different, something else. Um, So, you know, hence, hence we're always looking for that cutting edge uh, speaker, that cutting edge. you know podcasts all of those kind of things so so we don't like to stick to the normal and, and hence we or and how we came across tim so yeah um yeah. so, so the, I,
0: again there's some fantastic um uh, podcasts and videos out there from from the farming community but they do tend to circulate around the the, the, the trusted old people that they, they wheel out and everyone has heard them or, or seen them before so i think that's why well I'm, I'm so excited to to hear from tim um isaac mark should we bring tim in
1: yeah no bring, bring him in
0: Tim, could you enter the room, please? Hi, guys. Isaac, I've got to tell you, there's
3: nothing normal about you. It's good too. <laughs> <laughs> I'll
0: take but, that as a compliment, Tim. It's definitely <laughs> a, compliment. It's uh, 100% a compliment. 100% <laughs> a compliment. So, uh, but, 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 Tim, Tim we just got to make one, one point that uh, Mark and I, we dressed up so, so we look the same in the terms of our shirts. Isaac is out there left field, and you haven't followed the, 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 the dress code. So, this is a, I don't know if that's a minus point against you already. I'm sure it's not.
3: No, no, we'll be okay. I don't know if I've ever been described as an expert before. That's quite, that's actually quite exciting. Although um although I do have to tell you that I've just watched all e- all eight episodes of Clarkson Farming back to back, so I'm as far as I'm concerned I'm now an expert and I want a Lamborghini tractor which I've, I've no idea if there any
4: <laughs> pretty cool. but,
0: but fantastic and, and Tim just before we get going with you and we, and we lose Isaac and um, Mark for, for a short period of time what's your take on on the fact that we've got this we've got this really interesting passionate sector of of farming um, but there is this underlying um, issue of, of leadership this underlying issue of, of training oh Tim if I could give you a magic wand how would you solve that do you think the, the, the
3: fundamental problem, actually, and, it, and it's not just farming or agriculture, it's across a lot of sectors. A- anybody, any, anybody, that's, um, anybody that's a professional, whatever they do, whether that's farming, lawyers, accountancy, vets, it doesn't matter. We all focus on, on being what we want to be good at being a good lawyer, being a good farmer, being a good vet. And actually, it's almost as though all the way through that process, nobody says to us, Do you know you have to leave the family at some point? Do you know you have to lead the business at some point? And you know, in the aviation industry, they talk about your logbook. Yeah, you know, if you're an airline pilot, how many hours have you got in your logbook? Well, if we were to ask all the guys listening to this, guys in the field, how many hours have you got, you know, farming in your logbook? The answer would be thousands. How many hours have you got leading or leadership training? It would be very few. And that's not a criticism. It's just one of those things that kind of happens upon us. We happen upon leadership rather than prepare it right from go, and I've got to say, you know, full, full hat off to, to Mark and Isaac, because actually, there are so many lessons you can learn. So for me, it's about a toolbox and outcomes, rather than the process. Uh, yeah, I always laugh, if you walk into a coffee shop, and you ask for a regular black coffee, the first thing you get asked is, do you want milk in that? And I'm like, well, then it's not black, is it? <laughs> right? And, and that's because somebody's following a blind process. And, and that just doesn't work with people. So, actually, if you broke down, obviously, I'm, I am literally basing this on Clarkson guys, by the way, and but I know Paul quite well, right? He's a bit, so, but actually, if you break it down, you've got people operating long hours, really hard on their own, very tight margins, big teams of people in, in divert, diverse locations. That's the problem we need to solve, if that makes sense. And therefore, let's take anybody that's experienced working in diverse locations, dealing with different teams of people, et cetera. And, and, and exactly as Mark said, let's, let's nick those skills and, and create a toolkit rather than a process. And that way, and I hopefully what we'll talk about today is I'll give you a few tools like that toolbox, and then at the right moment, you take that tool out of the toolbox and you use it r- rather than trying to follow a um, you know, blind process. And if somebody's already developed that tool for a given set of circumstances, why start from scratch? Let's use that one. You know, brilliant. Yeah.
0: And, and and Tim, what, what's that saying that there's fifty harvests in a, in a conventional uh, farmer? Can can you imagine if you could get hold of that that uh, that farmer or a similar individual, and you could change their their the thinking, their learnings, uh, right at the early stage of their career, so that they're so progressive all the way through their career, rather than um, going through the same uh, routine and perhaps doing do it wrongly, and they're not doing it wrongly. For, for any particular reason over and above perhaps not have uh, been engaged with the likes of the ahdb or, or with, with the with the likes of yourself so that, again that's what i'm really keen with this talking leaders uh broadcast to just positively um influence influence people so um mark isaac could you just turn off your your videos so, so tim we've, we've given you a bit of a rah-rah about your about your uh-huh. background but could you just go into a bit more detail about your good self please uh do you just want a bit, of a, a bit of background
3: for before, before we get into this yep so guys i Basically, I'm not much of an academic, to be completely honest. I mean, I mean, I can read, uh, but that's sort of pretty much pretty much where it ends. Um, so I joined the army, um, eighteen, nineteen, and I, and I went to Sandhurst. And to be honest, I was pretty rubbish at it. Um, in all honesty, but all I've ever done my whole life is lead people, lead people in weird situations. At wow. Most, um, I've never done anything else. And and you know, there's no right answer. And as you get older and more experienced, then you, I guess, you get better at it. But and then from there, I went off and I, you know, I took on some specialist duty stuff. So I worked in intelligence and, and that was all about influencing people. And it was about getting to know people, understanding what makes people tick and how can you help people achieve their outcomes in order to achieve our outcomes. And you can be into that whatever you want. Um, and then as that service came to an end, as, as we'll discuss a little bit later on, we thought it might be a really good idea, uh, to go and find Mount Everest because you know, what, what else would you do when you, when you stop? Um, And in actual fact, our our real mission around that was around mental health. And, you know, my personal take on mental health is that actually it's the big, tough people that that need the help the most. And it's actually about asking for help rather than there's plenty of support available if you ask. And people, by definition, are tough. Don't ask for it. So we decided we were going to stand on the highest point on earth and shout out that it's all right to ask for a bit of help. I'll tell that story a little bit later on. Um, and then wow. from there on in paul and i obviously were uh, formerly the Point veterinary group you, you know paul and i got together and we set up this because we wanted to take all of those various experiences to help other people kind of learn some of those lessons that, that we've learned the hard way i guess um and then paul and i went off together we'll show you a video again later um and did some wacky things we did a challenge every every year for a month and, and, and we continue to do that so
0: yeah, and and Tim, there's there's so many things to to pull on. Um, if you look at the average age of the, the UK farmer, uh, Mark and Isaac will, will correct me later, I'm sure, but it is in the late 50s, and and they are that there there are soldiers within, within the sector. They have to be big and tough, um, but also because they're big and tough, that I I know this personally, they find it very difficult to to share, um, especially when they've got um, when when they've got issues. So again, if we can assist them to to open up, share. Uh, as you said there's enough support um out there we were just saying in, in our green room that we did a, a recent broadcast on um coaching and, and mentors and um, i've been astounded by the number of views that that's had and the uptake so this is just definite, definite clamor but there still is this worry uh, within the farming community especially with with mature men that they don't want to engage they don't want to communicate they don't want to open up so, so again to, to learn, learn from you is going to be fantastic L- leadership you, you you i love the way that you just Brush, brush through that. That oh, it's, it's almost like you were born a leader. Tim, w- were you born a leader?
3: No, definitely not. Uh, but you know, at school that was kind of the it was kind of a done thing: get your grades, do whatever. And I applied to Sandhurst, and, I, and initially I just applied to the army, actually. And I went through various uh, application processes, and, and the army put me through some tests. The army said, you know what, we think you've got a bit of an aptitude. You know, maybe you should be an officer. Um, so you go through the whole officer selection, the, the whole officer selection process, which is yeah, hundreds of years old, frankly. Um, and then, obviously, from there to the Royal Military Academy, with Sandhurst, and you know, age nineteen, that was that was pretty that was pretty daunting, to be honest with you. Wow. But uh, my personal belief is it's still probably the best single leadership training academy you know, yes. in the world. Um, yeah. The army doesn't have all of the answers; it's certainly not perfect, and it's very different leading soldiers that fundamentally have to call you sir and do what they're told, um, to, to trying to influence and lead people that that are also trying to eke out their living and, and trying to make the way forward. So. But it's an amazing bedrock. It's an amazing foundation to, to build upon it.
0: Yeah, And, and just two things from, from there, Tim. On, on, a, on a recruitment perspective, on, on, a, on a, a day job, we run a recruitment business with Agenda and Fresh Produce. Uh, that We see some uh, stunning individuals coming from the services, looking to come in into uh, the the ag sector there's a resistance would you believe tim for some ag businesses to actually even interview these individuals and i try to explain to them that they have upwards of quarter of a million pounds worth of training development of to lead people and organizational skills and some of the people that uh, we've seen go into key businesses in the in, in the fresh produce and agribusiness sectors in the uk and internationally they've transformed those businesses because of the training that they've had that the likes of you of yourself have had so if you're um, looking to, to hire, please look, look at people for, who are ex-military because they're they're just like, like Tim um, br- brilliant. Tim, would you agree I mean, on that? I mean, yeah, I mean Max, you, you
3: know, you're you're obviously uh, you're obviously like the, the, the expert on I get it, but but actually, what, what we tend to do, when we look at people is if you kind of sit down and you say, okay, what what are the what are the skills that I that I need to achieve? What what is it I, I I need to do? Um, or I need somebody that's not going to quit, I need somebody that's resilient, I need somebody that's going to problem solve, uh, which we're going to talk a little bit about today, to be honest, so I'll sort of leave that, and we'll we'll come to that later on. But actually, look for the skills that you need, and then say to yourself, okay, well, where do those skills exist? And actually, within soldiers, there is a really strong work ethic. There is always the option to get this job done. You know, within the military leadership styles, we tend to say, right, this is the objective, this is the mission, this is what we're going to do. Not achieving that is never an option yeah. and is not discussed. And, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about that yeah, when we get into this, but but that's the point. And, and for me, and, and, I, and I joke about Clarkson, but actually the amount of respect I have for what you as an industry go through and the hours that you push and the amount of times you must just think to yourself, do you know what? I just don't want to get out of bed this morning. It's four o'clock in the morning and it was four o'clock in the morning yesterday and I finished at midnight, but I've just got to crack on. And, and, and to me outside of the farming community soldiers are the only people I'm I'm not saying nobody does but in my world you know where that that attitude is instilled in them
0: yeah and 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 to just to go slightly um left the field I was was very privileged to meet a an individual recently who owns a large uh, farming estate um, and prior to that he owned a a large um London-based estate agency um, and this individual when he was growing this estate agency very rapidly um he interviewed over twenty-two thousand people to join his his businesses and, and speaking to them, well how, how do you had you're a leader um how do you ascertain that the people that you're interviewing are, 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 are any good are going to be good for your business and and he um summed it up that uh he, he stated that uh, within um, a, a period of time, he could work out within two minutes as to whether that person was going to fit their business, their business model or not. Hence, the sort of numbers that he was uh, he was getting through. With Sandhurst and yourself, um, how how do how does the army identify who's 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 got the potential to be a leader?
3: Uh, well, it's a, I'm a little bit out of date now, to be honest with you. Um, but but it's a, it's, a, it's a long, old process, and and it starts off with a very basic skills. And you'd imagine, you know, kind of fitness. Uh, basic educational qualifications, bits and bobs, no, no rocket science. And, and forgive me if I'm speaking out of turn. It was, you know, I went to Sandhurst in 1995, so quite a long time ago now. Um, but but then fundamentally, so the motto of Sandhurst is serve to lead. And I think currently, so in a corporate environment, there's an attitude of I'm the boss and so my team is going to run round after me. Whereas actually what we're really looking for is leaders that facilitate. And we're going to, we're going to talk about that and sort of overstep it, but I have this theory, right, which is as a leader, you need to relieve pressure, not add pressure. If okay. you want to increase the performance of your team, you need to relieve the pressure on them, not add the pressure on them. They are already under pressure. They are already tired. If people are making mistakes because they're under pressure, adding more pressure makes it worse, not better. Fact. So actually, in other words, the leader needs to sacrifice him or herself to get the team to perform. And I've got this kind of concept of an umbrella you know, as a leader, you kind of put this umbrella up, I'm going to create, I'm going to stand tall above, my, above my people and give them the breathing space to operate underneath me so that they can then perform to the very, very best of their ability. And that's the job of the leader. And I think the sort of movie perception is, don't get me wrong, with the military, there's a time and place where you go out front and you charge, you know, follow me, chat, let's go. But actually, those are quite rare. The, the real influence, if you like, for me around leadership and and what, sanders looks for is for leaders that actually care more about their teams and themselves and have the ability to bring the best out of other people rather than necessarily kind of judge their own performance
0: wow we are 20 minutes in i've learned i've learned a masterclass class already from yourself too um tim i know that you've got a video that you'd like just to show us do you want to show us us now or would you like to show that a little bit later how would you like me to steer this uh,
3: I, I i don't mind should we should we tell the story of, of uh of where of where we got to, Matt. Shall, shall we? Let me just see if.
0: Yes, to until what's just you're setting that up? Just a housing call. Anyone who is uh, um, either on the Zoom uh, live or on Facebook uh, live or on LinkedIn live, if you've got any questions, dial them in, and I will make sure I present them over to uh, to Tim. Okay, Tim.
3: How's that? Can you are we seeing the screen okay there, Matt? Yes, we can see I'm danger sure. ahead. You're yeah, literally yeah. So. Guys, first of all, I wanna I, I wanna tell you a little bit of a I'll tell you a little bit of a story. I'm gonna take you on a bit of a journey, right? Imagine, if you will, that you're fit and strong. You've spent two years preparing yourself for the, for the, for a dream of a lifetime, right? And that dream is to go and find the biggest mountain in the world. And you watch what you've eaten. You've trained physically, and you've raised the money and the funding, and you're and you're finally there. And you've been a month at this camp, and years, you're standing there. And you're looking up this mountain and all of a sudden you think, to yourself, I can hear a weird noise and this, this weird noise starts to happen. It's yeah, a bit odd. Am I the only one? Am I the only one hearing this? And then, and then you start to look around you. And you realize that other people can hear it too, but you don't really know what's happening to you. And then all of a sudden that noise gets louder and louder and louder. And that noise gets to the point where suddenly you can feel it. You can feel yourself starting to vibrate with this noise and you can feel it under your feet. And suddenly you realize that stuff around you is actually moving and you think, I don't know what's going on, I don't know what's going on. What you don't know is that above you, 20 million tonnes of rock, snow and ice has broken free because of the earthquakes. And it is, it's accelerating its way down the mountain north of 100 miles an hour. And it's headed for exactly where you're standing. And suddenly all of this all kind of hell breaks loose around you. And you think to yourself, what do I do? Why am I here? There is no way out of this. What's happening to me? I don't understand. You've been in gunfights in Afghanistan. You've been um, undercovered in all sorts of strange operations, and yet suddenly you are 100% out of control. How did you get out of that situation? Where does it come from? And I just wanted to share a couple of key points with you today. I'm going to put this into context for you. That day, I didn't know what was happening. I was like a crazy goalkeeper. Imagine, if you will, that the clouds were like 50 or 60 metres above us. And the mountains, the rocks are tearing down this mountain. We couldn't see them until they broke the crowd. Color. And, you know, if you watch the Euros at the moment, I'm kind of there like some sort of crazy goalkeeper, jumping out of the way of what's going on. But the problem is that the rocks that are appearing from the crowds, they're the size of cars. And it's like some sort of dodgy 1980s adventure movie with the ground literally opening up amongst you. And you're totally out of control. I phoned my dad, and I tried to put a brave face on it. I was like, dad, this is, yeah, this is not cool. And... My dad, I found out later, put the phone down and turned to my mum and he said, not sure Tim's coming home. And of all the things I've done and all the places I've been, that was the only time where my dad thought, Tim's not coming out of this one. And to, to some extent, that was luck. I was sort of stood in the right or the wrong place, depending on how you look at it. But there's just two or three lessons that you, that you need to ask yourself to take out of that situation okay? to, try and, to try and deal with that. So let's wind that back a bit. I'm going to come back to Everest in just a minute, but I'm going to lighten the mood first because let me show you a let me show you a, a little video, and this is the video that, that Max was was appertaining to. So you know, when you go train to climb on Everest, obviously you climb other mountains and, and, and you practice and, and you and you and you kind of you, you try you try and do that. So I thought you might like this. Has any of you in the audience ever eaten a toberon? Uh, and if you have. The bit I'm about to show you is the mounted on the side of the packet, the Toker Matterhorn in Switzerland, Vermont in Switzerland, to be really, really specific. And this is Paul Hall and I, uh, walking across the summit ridge of it. But we'll come back to the point of this in a minute. If you don't like heights, you probably want to look away now. <laughs> the nav is easy there's no more up. Well <laughs> ah. I <right>, <sighs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so just out of interest, did anybody happen to notice the uh, the orange rope there that was uh, attached to me and, and Andy, the guy in front of me? And um, I'll let you guess, if Andy was to trip and fall off that mountain, it's it's four and a half thousand metres, by the way, straight down from there, you literally touch nothing until you land in Zermatt below, um, which would give some of the skiers a bit of a shock. Um, but actually, if Andy falls to the left, what I've got to do is jump to the right, uh, the other side of the mountain, and we end up kind of a pendulum looking after each other, and you know when you talk about teamwork and looking after each other, it's it's pretty awesome. The other point I want to make is at that point then, just before I talk about fear, you're walking along a, a pathway. I'm actually only putting one foot in front of the other and everything is okay. But the point I'm trying to make is that we're prepped, we're ready for it not to be okay. So we know our drills, we've practiced what happens next. If it goes wrong, we know what we're gonna do. So although it's okay at the moment, we are we know that we're one step, we're one heartbeat, if you like, from it not being okay. And we're ready for that. So in other words, don't wait till it's gone wrong to try and work out what you do. Prep yourselves first as best you can. Have a standing operating procedure. Anyway, so we've got this concept, and this is relevant to Everest, and it's relevant to when we find ourselves in really challenging situations. And with this idea that fear is false expectation appearing real. One of the things, and the last year has been amazing, for it, and it's actually why people go off and buy 100 toilet rolls, but it's another story. We have this urge to get control, to work out what's going on, and a lot of the stress and pressure that we're dealing with can be perception of, so in other words, false expectation. What the first thing you need to do is filter out the intelligence from the information. Work out what's really happening to me right now, and what do I actually need to deal with right here, right now, and anything else, anything else can wait. And we can quite often find ourselves on the, in this situation where we kind of coulda, woulda, shoulda, uh, might be doing this, could be doing that. Um, if this goes wrong, that'll happen. If that happens, this will go wrong. And then when that happens, I'll lose everything. But actually, we're focusing on things that, that haven't happened yet, that actually may not happen, and we're creating more anxiety. And what we need to try and do is filter out our bandwidth. Now, I'm certainly not belittling the situations that anybody's found themselves in, given you a tool to help deal with it so I always laugh over the last 12 months for sure we've all been trying to use the internet yeah so you're at home and you're trying to I don't know whatever it might be have some sort of Zoom meeting Teams meeting uh, your other half uh, is, is on the FaceTime for your distant relatives that you didn't speak to anyway but now you suddenly speak to three times a week and they're trying to use an internet based communication system the kids are probably streaming online games and somebody else is trying to use Netflix and the thing goes And your bandwidth runs out. And to get it working again, what you've got to do is you've got to free up your bandwidth. You've got to get it operational again. And what do we do? do? So you've got to close things down. And, And that's where this comes in. So suddenly the kids stop streaming, granny stops FaceTiming, and the internet comes back again. And that's what you've got to try and do to yourself. So when you find yourself, when you feel that anxiety, that pressure coming in, and that, by the way, is normal. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It doesn't mean you're weak. It's completely normal, especially in super high-pressure situations. So the first thing I then do is go, okay, fine. What's false? What's real? What do I actually have to deal with? And occasionally I even write that down because I just find that easier, but it's whatever works for you, right? So you work it out to take a deep breath and deal with that false expectation. So let's go back to the situation that I find myself in on the, on, on the bottom of this mountain, the foot of, at the foot of Mount Everest. Just have a have a little listen uh, to this for a minute. Max, you make sure you can uh, just hear the audio on this one for me because it's quite quiet okay. so you
4: can hear it. Yeah, it was a very clear. Yes. Year, a we we're actually across the other side of the mountain on the Tibetan camp side. Um, and we're surrounded every side. Well, I'm at 5,200 metres. So you have to forgive the sort of croaky voice and slight breathlessness. Because you can imagine, at the mountains where I stand, power above me up to six or 7,000 metres and it all walked screen slopes and the first thing that started to happen was literally the tent started to rock and move around us and almost like thunder huge boulders started to break away around us uh, from the sides of the mountains and roll down to the bottom to the base camp. Um, everybody here was absolutely fine because the local sheriffs know exactly what they're doing and they positioned all our tents and equipment uh, to protect us from just such a thing happening. Um, but as I said we're in fact the other side of the mountain from the portland, the Tibetan side, so quite a way away from the from the epicentre. Um and yet still it was quite significant. Um the guys here have done amazing looking after each other. And of course there's some um, anxiety now amongst the the majority of whom are are Nepalese, trying to phone home using various sort of satellite communication systems to check that their sort of homes and families getting are okay. So um yeah it was certainly very dramatic. What felt
3: like half an hour, but I think it was probably more like 10 seconds this morning. So guys, there we are. And, and uh, I, I don't want to be morbid, but it was over 7,500 people died that day in, in Tibet and, and in Kathmandu. There was over 200 people killed on, on the side of the mountain. And so here's some top tips. Here's some tips I took out of that to get myself through that situation. And it's not unlike some of the situations we find ourselves in the morning. And the first thing you do is accept the situation and then be part of the solution. Okay, so in other words, very quickly, I, realized I couldn't do anything about it, I couldn't stop it happening, I couldn't fix it, there was no right answer. So essentially, I accepted the fact that any decisions I took from now on in were the least bad decisions, and they were the best that I could do given the circumstances that I was in. So as a leader, personally, I accept that, like, I can't fix this, I can't make that not happen, I can't make myself or my team anywhere else, so I'm going to accept it, and I'm now going to deal with this the best way I can i a man on the ground, right? So, so whatever decision I'm going to take is, is the best one that I could do. I'm actually not a big fan of kind of retrospective leadership criticism, but it's a story for another day. The first thing you've got to do is provide direction and reassurance. People need to be part of a solution. One of the reasons people all rushed out and bought 100 toilet rolls when coronavirus kicked off was because they're trying to get back control. We need control of the situation that we're in. And one of the things that's absolutely amazing as a leader is the first thing you got to do is reassure your team. You don't need to be a Spartan leader. You don't need to be a warrior. It's perfectly okay for your team to know that actually you're scared too. But what you are going to do is provide reassurance. Hey, guys, we're going to work this. We're going to keep working this problem. We're going to keep solving the problem. We're going to stay together. We're going to look after each other. And often that's what people need to hear is that reassurance. Not that you're going to solve it because you can't solve it. It's reassurance that we're going to look after each other. Then what you're going to do is provide direction. This is what we're going to do. One of the guys in the base camp when we were there was all at sea, not literally was at base camp, but he was all over the place. So what we actually did is we asked him to go away and we asked him to start counting up how much food and ration we had left between all the teams at base camp. And what that did is that direction gave him something to focus on. So actually, rather than kind of cuddling and pat him on the head and telling him, okay, and leave him in a corner, what we needed to do was to get him operational again, for his own mental health and his own perseverance, not hours. So actually, by giving him direction, suddenly he was part of the solution. He was part of the answer, and he, he had a contribution to make that totally lifted his spirits. And he went from focusing on what had gone wrong to how he was going to help him do the best he possibly could. And it absolutely transformed the performance, if you like, of that individual Then as a leader, you see his morale lift, that in turn is your morale. The whole team starts to swing together and you start to support each other. And then the next point that comes out of this is you must, where possible, focus on what you can do. It's completely normal to doubt yourself, right? But I am absolutely certain that over the last 12 months, all of us at some point have been going, I haven't got this, I haven't got that. I hate this expression of getting back to normal, right? I'm not interested in what happened before because that was before. So what I'm going to do is, where am I going next? How can I be part of a solution? So bear in mind now, okay, I'm an ex-intelligence officer who is now in Tibet, brackets, China, depending on your politics. The, the entire town that we drove through to get there was gone, fallen into the river, disappeared. So I'm now effectively in China as a former intelligence officer without any of the right paperwork. And I've now got to go across mainland China to an airport to leave the country. I've got to tell you, I look really bad in orange junk suits, okay, just to add to any problems. So, but what we actually did was utterly focused on what we could do. Didn't try and change the situation, didn't try and get back to normal. At no point did we work out what we lost. I mean, the accountant tried to work that out later in terms of kit and equipment. All we did, okay, how much food have we got left? What communication systems do we have left? What... Um, kit and tents and equipment do we have left what routes are available to us and what we didn't do at that point is we never at any circumstances started to kind of drag it down you know no oh, that won't work because that won't work because that won't work because so everything we did was what can we do that doesn't mean it's perfect it's not a best case scenario remember we're making least bad decisions a lot of the time but we focused on what we could do and what we could achieve what you then find is that same effect as that young guy that I was talking about happens to everybody. And suddenly the team is focused on achieving what we can do. And for me, in any of these super difficult situations, if that's what you can do, if you can learn to focus on what you have got, what you can do, and moving towards the answer, then actually that's the critical thing. Free up your broadband. <laughs> I don't mean literally. Yeah. Free up your broadband. Deal with the false expectation, work out what's real and where your priorities are, and then every decision you take from then on in should be part of the solution. So what can I do? What have I got? Where can I go? And I think if I was to kind of leave you with two top tips, both as personally and as leaders, because I appreciate that quite a lot of you guys are kind of isolated a lot of the time, then that would be it. So I'm, I'm going to leave the kind of formal bit of this there, Max, I think, and I'm hoping that was enough to kind of whet your appetites a little bit and, and there's more stuff we can talk about. But I think it'd be much more useful to have some perhaps some open conversations and, and some questions and answers, Max, but I'm happy to be guided by you.
0: Tim, f- fantastic. I think the seminal moment for, for me on that was that call to your father. Um And for your for your father, obviously knowing knowing your history and all of your uh, combat experience, to say to your mother, I don't think Tim's coming back. Oh, good grief. <laughs> I think we're, we're we're very blessed to, to to have you here in respect of you, you and your team surviving. So my three takeaways: accept the situation, direction and reassurance. Focus on what you can do, um, and I, I love the 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 direction and reassurance that example that you gave of um of one of your uh, colleagues one of your teammates that was slightly slightly off off the rails and getting them re- redirected I, I've seen that personally in um, circumstances I, I've been and what a great positive distraction to to bring them uh, back on side There's so many interesting things that we well if, we've if i
3: that, well, I think actually the other the other bit that absolutely goes hand in hand in and you just you know, you spurred my thought process is actually you've got to forgive yourself sometimes too and, and and I've got this this idea of setting expectation right so in other words. In any of these situations, if you look at the last 12 months, I can only imagine what farming communities have been through in the last 12 or 15 months. I cannot get my head around it. It is yep. not possible for you to have gone through that period of time and not doubted or questioned yourself at some time. And yep. that is yep. normal. The question I get asked most yep. about all of this stuff is, do you ever want to quit? Do you ever want to give up? I say, yeah, every single day. Um, yep. That's completely normal. What makes you a warrior is, is not quitting. And I think around all of these things, don't think for a second that it's perfect because it's not. And when you're in those situations, you, you know, yes, we're going to be positive, and yes, we're going to go forward. But you are naturally going to doubt yourself. That's normal. That doesn't mean you're failing. It doesn't
0: mean you're a bad leader. It means you're normal. Yeah, yeah. Tim, fantastic. Tim, can you just stop your screen share because we want we want to see you because we want to see handsome you. So I fully understand that Elton about not wanting to quit as a as a leader. Is it? quite difficult sometimes that um, you you need to talk you need to share the burden but as a leader um, can you? Yeah well I
3: absolutely think you can Max. Um, For me the stoic leader thing the sort of Spartan warrior as Paul and I often discuss it, it it actually doesn't work because what happens is in a difficult situation is it widens the gap between those that are dealing with it and those that aren't dealing with it. And, and what happens is, you know, if you're an absolute trooper, Max, and the persona is that you've got this, and there's no problem, it's all fine, and then I'm starting to struggle, what happens is I doubt myself even more because I now say to myself, well, you know, Max has got this, Max is brilliant. Why, why am I not dealing with this? So it actually widens the gap. And I always liken, at some point, most of us at school or uh, obviously for me with the military, whatever, you go out for a run in the pack, and, you know, you're, you're kind of clinging on to the back of the pack by your teeth. And uh, and you just assume that you're the only one that's suffering, right? And then what happens is the, the person next to you or the person in front of you lets out a big old gasp and they go, Wow, I don't know really, if I can really keep this up for much longer. This is horrendous. And rightly or wrongly, you suddenly feel better, right? Because you, yeah. you go, Yes, I'm not the only one that's struggling. And, and yeah. to me, that's the most simple analogy because then what happens is the same thing. So when the old leader, when a, as a leader, when you go, Wow, this is pretty rubbish. Uh, all the team go, oh, blindly, he is human, that's okay. Yeah. But then what happens is your example then becomes the fact that you are still working the problem. And that's what yeah. inspires people to do the same.
0: Fantastic. I've got three screens here. I've got a phone. I've got lots of things coming on from all the various platforms. So if it fits okay, I'm just going to rat a tat them um, at you. Um, Tim, how do you overcome fear? in such an extreme situation. And I am going to try and draw a comparison here. I'm a keyboard warrior. And everyone who's uh, been on a keyboard will have had that email. You would have had a big deal set up and it's a bit of a life-changing deal. It's going to be the the budget for the month and then you get an email in saying, we're not doing it. And you you get the sense of fear or in in your situation of, oh my God, I'm in in, in an earthquake. um, the, 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 The fear is washing over you. What's your advice as to how you overcome fear in extreme situations? So uh, I think the first thing you
3: have to do is accept the fact that fear is a completely normal reaction, right? You're supposed to be afraid. That's the point. You, you know, fear, fear comes because your body's smashed full of adrenaline cortisol and all of the other various bits and pieces that you're trying to work. So one of the things that I do is I accept the fact that I'm afraid and I don't beat myself up for that. So you go, do you know what? Wow, this is put me on edge, uh, but that's okay. I'm just going kind to of accept that. I'm, I'm going to deal with that. Um, I'm going to accept that. And then you come back into this thing of the intelligence, not the information, you know, as you mentioned earlier, Max. What you've got to do is then work out what is actually absolutely real and then start ticking things off of this. So what can, I, what can I do? Sometimes, you know, there's a reason when you're on an aeroplane they're you to put your own oxygen mask on first. You know, so actually, if you're feeling afraid and you're in a leadership position, sometimes take a minute, um, take a minute, take a deep breath, glass of water walk around the block whatever you need to do to kind of let your own system you know when that when that anxiety that fear kicks the fight or flight mechanism kicks your body is actually genuinely full of hormones and chemicals and stuff i'm sure you guys know that more than i do so actually deal with that first take a tactical pause and then you'll find that everything comes back into focus a little bit more and then you go through this process of right okay what's real what's not real what right now is a threat to me if that all my business and what do I need to deal with? And then you just literally start to move gently and quietly through through that through that list.
0: Fantastic! And uh, we've just got Mark and Isaac back in, uh, guys. What, inspirational is is our Tim, isn't he? If, if, if okay, I'm just going to. We've got another question in just on WhatsApp, Tim. What happens if you are the leader and you freeze and everyone's looking at you? Um,
3: uh, again, I think it's two things. It's, it's not unlike it's not unlike public speaking, right? So, you know, when you're, when you're sort of public speaking, you forget your lines or your words or you forget to mention something and suddenly you feel as though the entire world is coming in on you and you feel like you've stood there for an hour, whereas yeah, the reality is nobody noticed everyone was looking at their phones and the gap was probably five seconds. Um, and, and the reality is if you're going to freeze because of nervous anxiety, that's okay. Again, it means you're completely normal. Go back to that first you, put your own oxygen mask on, take a minute, take a deep breath, take some water and never be afraid I have certainly done it with Paul. Paul Howard, some of you will know. Yeah, you know, some of the situations Paul and I have been in. Don't be afraid to turn around. i will turn around to Paul before now and go, I haven't got this. This is crit. my switch. C- can you sort this out for a second while well, I sort myself out?" Yeah, yeah. No bother, yeah. mate. And and that's a good team. Yeah, that, that's how that works.
4: Yep. If you pick up, i
3: just on Avril there, uh, Max on the thing. I don't. I don't want Avril, I didn't mean to think that I was uh, was evading you on the chat on the chat box there. Um, th- that example will work anywhere in Agritech, Avril. If that if that makes sense, because what you're actually trying to deal with is, is what I call the biology of leadership. So any situation that tricks you, whether that's a lost order, whether that's you know te- Tesco's halving the price of your milk, or it doesn't matter, anything that, anything that suddenly creates a high pressure situation will trigger a fear and a fight or flight mechanism in you. So the techniques that we're dealing with are designed to bring that back. So it doesn't actually matter if that makes sense, whether that's a business decision, a farming decision, it, it could be a livestock issue, uh, it could be you know kick malfunction if that makes sense or all, all of that kind of this is a system is a toolkit designed you to get back thinking so that you can be operating again i hope that answers your question overall.
0: there's a, a nice segue to, uh, to this golf i think it was jack nicholas nicholas who was uh, once commented to, uh um the spectator said to him oh that was a lucky shot and he said something along the lines of yeah that was thousands of hours of practice that made that lucky shot hey, yeah and in, in, in everything that we're talking about how can we learn Tim, to, to 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 handle situations in in a positive manner, because c- 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 a, a lot of people say like a it's a bad example, but it's probably also a good one. Like like a car crash, a lot of people freeze in, in a car crash and can't uh, work out what to do. Whilst if they can part the emotion and the distress of it, they can break it down. They can accept the situation and they can do the direction of reassurance. Is there a method where we can learn? Uh, ready for these events when when these events happen uh, because we're, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're not sure when they're going to happen.
3: Yeah, you have to practice, Max. You just have to deal with it as much as, as much as you possibly can. I, I wish I could tell you there was there was a silver bullet, um, but but what you do is you, is you create kind of mechanisms. So if you play sports, if you whatever it is you do, just get in the habit of working out what's real, so you can teach your you can teach your brain. You, I always laugh. It's a bit like driving a car, I and mean, I'm showing old now. I don't, I don't even buy a manual car anymore, but. But, but I'm sure you know when we all learned to drive manual cars initially, you know it was not Sebastian Vettel like, was it? You know it was kind of like clutch, clutch, yeah, clutch, and actually within a week or two, what what happens is that all kind of smooths itself out. There was an interesting survey done with Colin McRae, uh, the Lake Valley driver, and he was he was deemed to have the best reflexes in the world. And they there's all sorts of clever stuff on. They were watching his eyes and where he looks and all sorts of clever stuff. But actually the reality was that it wasn't about his reflexes because fundamentally our reflexes are sort of fairly similar. Um, it was actually about his ability to prepare and deal with particular situations. Wow. So the point I'm trying to make is if you get yourself in the habit of taking a tactical pause, working out what's real, deal with the intelligence and then looking for the solutions, so as a habit, so do it when you're not under pressure. Just do it normally. Then yeah, yeah. what happens is much like you're driving that manual car, that then becomes
0: uh, a natural instinct does that make, does that make sense it, i'm ge- it it, it, it does and i, I- I think th- this type of conversation is also really healthy because it's stimulating people to to, to, uh, to, to think about it internally and hopefully also to talk uh, about it within their peers, colleagues and um, family so that uh, when they do get into an extreme situation, whether it be in business or, God forbid, something like the, 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 the RTA I've just, just mentioned, they'll be able to member this this type of conversation to accept the situation and to, to kick on with that direction and um, and, and reassurance. Shall we um, actually
3: prick- talk about the prickly subject of managing up for about, I've just seen Duncan's question, I think Marx liked it as well. So I would think probably this is, you know, this is where influence comes in. But, but two or three things, that, that's probably the second question I get asked the most is, you know, how, how do I out outside step my boss who's terrible? And it's always really funny, by the way, I don't know if anyone's ever noticed, but you know, your boss is always terrible and you're always brilliant. But that's just a touch, a, a touch of humour. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is, is, what you have to do is influence and you have to put yourself in other people's shoes. So actually, as a team player, you have a responsibility. Max asked me a minute or two ago, you know, what would you do if he freeze? Well, of course, I answered that from the point of view of being the leader. If you're a team player, the same still applies. And by that, what I mean is ask yourself why that boss is being a problem. Is it because that boss is under pressure? Is it because that person you is out of their comfort exactly. zone? Are they sensing anxiety? Because actually, if your outcome is to make them easier on you, if you can relieve the pressure on them, you'll get what you want. Now, you know, you know, sandstone rule one is don't be weird, but you also have to remember the fact that 20% of the people are actually weird, hey Isaac. Um, <laughs> but, but that aside, so you, so you, can, you can apply that as, as much as you possibly can. But the point I'm trying to make is this, ask yourself, why is that leader, boss, behaving like that? What is it their outcome? Where is their pressure coming from? And I know Paul has spoken about this at length around private equity and buying businesses, you know. Suddenly, you've got somebody that, that was the boss, it's now not the boss, it's got external pressures in. And what you might well find is that you can influence the behaviors of that person above you by understanding the pressures, external or internal, that are on them and helping them deal with it. Wow. Not always, right? Okay. You will always come across the 1% percentage I am afraid.
0: Okay. So, 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 just to extrapolate that to, um, in some of the experiences I, I've seen, so if, uh, if you've got a leader and if uh, um, one of the, the managers has got a, a problem and, and he needs to discuss it with the leader, if that manager can can go to the, to, to, to the leader, um, explain what the problem is and have three solutions... And, and say, out of these three solutions, I think number two is going to be the, the best one. What do your what, what what's your thoughts? Because we've all been in that situation where an individual has gone to a leader and said, "I got got a problem," and just expect the leader to source it. But then that leader's got an inbox full of issues and people banging on on the on the door. And I suppose, and, and I, I find that works so well when i've advised council people uh, on that basis uh, but to go to that next level you're, as you're sort of intimating tim that if that if that leader they, they can see that so they're having an issue and they can pick up what the problem is to so actually go to that leader and say um uh we, we think there's a there's a problem here and we think these are the solutions and, and so well, the yeah, leader would match, then feel okay, you're, right, match, you're absolutely right but the other bit you have got to bolt to that as well is yeah probably the
3: most misquote of uh, of all time is when your mum said to you obviously not your mum personally when your mum said you know treat people the way you want to be treated. Well, that's not true, is it? Treat people the way they want to be treated. Yeah. So, the, the other thing you can absolutely do as well is identify the communication style that your boss or the person that you're talking about, it was Duncan, I was there, is using. Right. So, if that boss is a bang, 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 answer, solution, answer, solution, and doesn't care about the working out, don't sit there and deliver some fluffy, long-winded, you know, fine, because because they're not going to warm to you. If the complete opposite is true, and the, the, the boss that you're talking to is, you know, <laughs> a small animal there, and, and, and and you know, it's all about the people and the relationships and how I'm being cheated, obviously, how people feel and, and, and what that's all about, then that's what you've got to deliver. So when you talk to that boss, The outcome is the same. The message is the same, but the delivery style is different. And that's why we talk about influence. Because then I'm going to talk about, you you know, hey, Isaac, look, the the team are feeling this. And if we could just do that for the team, then they'll feel much better. And this is what we're going to do. I'm going to give the same message, the same outcome. I've just delivered it in a way that, in this case, I'm taking the mic of Isaac, but but obviously in a way that Isaac wants to hear it. And, And that's super powerful as well. It's not rocket science to listen a little bit to the way that person likes to communicate with you. And um, I always laugh, right? You can always spot people that have been on wacky courses because they talk about mirroring. (laughs) So when I talk about mirroring, I don't mean do not sit opposite the person copying everything they do, okay? Rule one, do not be weird. Um, But actually what you can do is is communicate to them in a way that they're going to respond to. And that's what I talk about mirroring.
0: Well done uh, a question from whatsapp um tim's obviously been involved in some uh, amazing businesses what are some of the best business practices that he's seen and some of the worst business practices he's seen on a management perspective
3: don't leave the numbers never ever leave with the numbers you can't motivate people with numbers you can't inspire people with numbers numbers will never recruit a good team and they don't fix people um so for, for me if you the KPI, whatever whatever KPI you, you might use, key performance indicator that, that you might use, uh, all of that does is tell you whether the leadership is working or not. So, and, and I often, you know, if I don't know if anyone watches Formula One or whatever, but if, if you, you know, if the racing team goes to the track, all the stopwatch does is tell them whether or not what they've just done to the car has worked or not. So never, ever, ever lead with the numbers or the spreadsheets. All the KPIs do is, is tell you whether you're on the right track or not. Always lead the people first, particularly over the last year or so, because the people are capable of fixing the numbers. The numbers are not capable of fixing the people. Fact.
0: Well, there's a, a program that's just started out at Channel 5 about how Tesco was uh, was formed. Um, and, and the one thing that's coming from that was take a risk. Take a risk. And Tim, can you imagine saying that to, to your accountant? Take a risk. There, there, there would just be. So, to, 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 totally, totally get that. And what are our best business examples that you've seen? Um, in terms of what, in terms of leadership behaviours, matter yeah. I mean, I think
3: I really, really like it when you watch people that actually genuinely care about, genuinely care about their people, you know, it's really, really interesting when you talk about leadership in general, there's only really two or three KPIs that you can use to talk about leadership and, and retention in six days, you know, is, is one of them. Okay. And, and there's, a, there's a fine line to tread along, if you see what I mean, between being obviously too tolerant and too soft, especially in an industry that requires you to be physically robust, but but also in terms of kind of looking after the looking after the people. And there's a couple of big law firms, which are obviously professional services firms that we deal with, that have very much taken a step off the way they used to do things. And they're absolutely now looking to kind of look after, inspire and, and deliver more soft skills, rather than necessarily delivering kind of legal services training. And the results are speaking for themselves.
0: Fantastic. And and coming back to this this conundrum that we've got about farms, farms are relatively uh, isolated individuals. We don't tend to have that water cooler moment, perhaps uh, like like some officers have. Um, What would your advice be to to farms, to to those leaders within the farms as to how they could deploy the soft skills for their team to get the team through to to the next level, to encourage them, to, to retain them? If, 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 I, if, if you could be dropped into a farmer, oh, oh, we're, we're doing it now, If, if the number of uh, farmers that, that are listening there, what would be your direct advice as to the magic dust that we could give to them so that they could, in some respects, revolutionise their, their business through your learning, through your, your, your skill set?
3: Never, never be afraid to reach out. Never be afraid to ask for help. It's a sign of strength. Asking for help, even if those people are tuning to you, provided they've obviously got some experience, but they, never be afraid to ask for help. Never be afraid to reach, to reach out. And the more isolated you are, the more important it is is to re- is to reach out. Remember two things, right? That that there's a difference between setting a rhythm and a check-in. Setting a rhythm is a is a Monday morning nine o'clock meeting, is a Wednesday nine o'clock meeting and a Friday nine o'clock meeting. It actually achieves nothing other than to set a rhythm. Checking in is when I pick up the phone and I say to Isaac, Isaac, it's 10, you're all right. Yes, mate, I'm all right. What well, what did you want? Nothing. I'm checking you're all right. All right. Mm-hmm. Resist the urge to then start talking about you know productivity or soil yield or whatever else you want to talk about right if, if you're going to look after people you lot need to get out more by the way but if if, if you're going to look after people look after people do, do that and the more isolated you are the more in my view the more important that is and I worked pretty isolated in places like Afghanistan so the more isolated you are the more reach out and also remember that you're when you're in a, a bubble I don't mean a corona bubble I mean a kind of world bubble in general by definition you're you're blinking so you're utterly focused on, on that job in hand and what you're doing. And just occasionally, the answer might be here or, or over here. And sometimes yeah. making that phone call, reaching out, asking somebody. And the other thing that's really interesting is that that actually empowers people. There's nothing better than when somebody phones you up and says, hey, Tim, like, just, um, i just really like your advice on this. What's your thoughts on that? And actually, you sort of go, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, blimey. things I, thinks I know I'm talking about um so so it works both ways you get an answer but, but also it's quite empowering to the person you, you've actually hit the phone up to as well
0: yeah well, fantastic just on, on that side mark isaac if, if there's a, a a farmer or someone from the ag trade who's who's wants to communicate wants to share a problem wants to have a discussion can the AHTB assist them on that basis isaac
2: yeah definitely so, you know through through agri Leader and so our people offering um we we do all sorts of courses and and got all sorts of resources um to help people with communication and and you know send how to some of the softer skills so yeah get in contact and and we can definitely send help with that
0: fantastic mark thoughts on that please
1: yeah no definitely just pick the phone up and and if, if we can't help or we we can steer you in the direction that um We'll be able to get some help, um, because and guys, only... we have a, we have a, on that note, Mark. we have
3: Paul and I. I know we have an open book policy, guys. So if you're if you're listening today and you're part of today and you just want to talk to somebody that's outside of the industry, so, I'm not a counselor, I think, but you just want to bounce some stuff around and you you know find me on LinkedIn. Super easy. It's, it's probably the easiest way to get hold of me, actually, to be honest. Particularly I might actually be traveling again soon. Uh, something weird happened. I got a plane yesterday, which is pretty weird. Um, but wow. please, please be be comfortable reaching out. Um, you know, find me on LinkedIn and, and I'm super happy uh, and I'm going to send Mark to the invoice anyway so uh, but you know, you know please 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 feel free to reach out and get in touch and, and if nothing else we might be able to put you in the right direction and, and that is a very sincere offer guys and I know Paul Howard would be in the same way.
0: And Tim you, you mentioned about uh, Jeremy Clarkson with his Lamborghini tractors but one thing that you all have already ascertained I'm sure about the ag sector is how welcoming, how charitable Everyone is, and and that 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 element that you said to him about um, soldiers being big and tough, I does. I'm just going to say it again, it does resonate within the within the farming community that farmers are, are big and tough, and sometimes they don't want to talk, and sometimes they don't want to share. When the best thing that they could do is to do that, so to reach out to the likes of Tim or or, or the or the chaps at the AHDB, or your neighbour, or anyone just to have that conversation and i'm sure all three of you also find the same that sometimes you just need to break out of yeah. your own world your own bubble um, and if you do have a problem again what tim was saying um if you've got a, got a problem just step out of it just just park it for the for, for the night go to the pub whether it be virtual or not or just engage with something else you'll then have a clearer mind tim your, mm-hmm. your endorphins won't be flowing at that point will they and you'll be able to have a more sensible thought discussion and perhaps engage with the likes of the AHDB uh, to get help to take yourself to, to, um, to the next level. Tim, Tim just on that, on that side, I had another question in. Have you seen anyone who's been a complete train wreck and either you or your contacts have been able to assist them to, to make a success within, within business and make a success of their of the life personally?
3: Yeah, I mean, it would be inappropriate of me to, to, you, to, to give you details, if that makes sense. But, but, but certainly, one of the things that is, that is a misnomer is that it's not beat around the bush anymore. Let's talk about mental health. And that's what we're talking about fundamentally because it all stems from anxiety, which stems from pressure. And what a lot of people don't realise is that things such as anxiety and depression, which I suffer with both, by the way, and that's got nothing to do with having been to war. But one of the common misnomers um, is it's a sign of weakness because the reality is that it tends to be high-functioning people that actually struggle. And the reason for that is because they have incredibly high expectations of their own performances and where they should be and they tend to take on loads of stuff and they tend to have five or six plates spinning at at any one time so they then impose an enormous amount of self-pressure it's not criticism it's an observation so actually it tends to be the super high functioning people and i've certainly worked a number of occasions in various professional services sectors where you've just almost pointed that back out to somebody and, and almost giving them permission to have a minute, you know, because they, we carry this expectation, I've got to perform, I've got to perform, I've got to perform. And I'll never, ever forget being in Afghanistan one day and wanting to wanting to be up and wanting to help the troops do what they're going to do and help my guys out. And one of the guys turned around to me and said, boss, go to bed. I was like, what are you talking about? Like, we've got, you know, guns to clean and vehicles to prep and plans to write, except like, No, no, boss, we can do all of that. Tomorrow, when it goes wrong, we need you thinking. That's your job. Yeah is to is to operate so we can clean the guns and we can clean the cars that's no bother you go you go and sleep because we can't do the bit that we need you to do tomorrow so yeah. the answer i'm trying to give you max is on a number of occasions i've given people if you like permission to have a minute and and okay that might mean you miss a deadline and that might have financial connotations but the, but the deadline the, the risk if you like of not doing that or the consequences yeah. of not doing that can be even can be even more severe so don't yeah. be afraid to give yourself a minute, whatever that minute looks like. If that means you go and watch, you know, 10 back-to-back episodes on Netflix, or whatever that means to take the dogs out for a walk, it literally doesn't matter. Yeah. Find yourself that minute. And, and, and that's what you've got to do. That, that, that's where, that's where the rehab, if you like, the reset, I suppose, um, yeah. prob- probably comes from. And I've seen that work with a number of senior people.
0: It's, it's, it's a fascinating area. I'm just uh, halfway through an audio book, a political audiobook, um, And they mentioned about Lord Heseltine. Lord Heseltine, for, for those uh, younger viewers, uh, listeners, was a was was a, was a was a key conservative um, politician, cabinet minister, deputy prime minister in the help me, uh, uh, 80s, early 90s. Um, he has said behind closed doors that he feels he's failed in some respects because he never made prime minister. He set up a, a, a multi-million-pound turnover publishing company as well as being a politician, and he feels that he he's he's failed because he never made it to that top echelon because that that's where he was striving to to get. Tim, just coming back to what you were saying, it, 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 so what, what are we saying that we should let go to grow in some respects as a le- as a leader? Let and go to grow.
3: There's a there's a good friend of mine. Uh, she's a lady called Kath Bishop, and she's written an amazing book. Called the Long Win, which is which is you know if you're into that it's worth a read, and she is, I mean frankly she's spectacularly annoying if I'm really honest like right? because she's like a diplomat she's a she's a uh, Oxbridge graduate and she rode at the Olympics so she's one of life's spectacular o- overachievers, um, but but again you know I remember she, you know she sort of got a silver medal at the Olympics and thought i saw sort as a failure um, crazy right but one of the things she says is what you've got to do is focus on your own performance um so in other words um, and by what i mean by that is let's just take that olympic rowing race for a minute let's use cat's example can she control whether she wins or loses that race no can she control whether the other countries um race effectively or faster than her no the only thing she can control is her own performance and if you're going to control your own performance you've got to do that for the long term now i did some work with security services which we won't talk about here um but one of the things we like to do in the army is turn ourselves inside out. You know, we've gone exercise for two weeks and if we can not sleep for two weeks, and that's brilliant. You know, we'll go to Afghanistan for seven months. And if we can not sleep for seven months, that's even better. You know, it like, must be big and tough, right? And then suddenly you start to work with people that are a bit brighter than that. And, w- and what happens is you go, what, what are you doing? Like you, you can't keep that up. It's not sustainable. So if you haven't slept for a couple of days, you're now rubbish. Not, not, not only that, but actually, we need you to look after those relationships for the next three, four, five, 10, 20 years, not six months. So you've got to find a rhythm and a tempo that you can sustain, even if that means short-term you have to bring your kind of out-and-out pace back a little bit. And I know it's very easy for me to say that sitting here when it's not me under the pressure that you guys are under. But if you take the theory and have a look at it, sometimes you've got to set a rhythm that you can continue to operate at, you know, sometimes 80%, 90% for, for a year. Is better than ninety-eight percent in five minutes. Um, it's, it's just a slightly different way of looking at it. Um,
0: you, you just take me back. You just take me back back in time. I remember being on a, on a harvest and being told off by, by the farmer for uh, for for being too too busy. And he said, "Max, you have got to be in it to win it. Slow down. You've got to be in yeah. it for the for for, for the long term." G- gentlemen, we're just uh, we're slightly running out of time. We could talk to Tim all day, Mark. No, I just no, I think that's a really important point that, that
3: be came up with on the on the on the. On the, chat, on the chat box there. Abby, you raised a really, really good point, okay? And what I do want to do is differentiate. just two different factors here. So the one is, when you're a leader, all of those same emotions that we're talking about with your team happen to you, right? So the fight or flight mechanism k- kicks in. You become potentially kind of aggressive. I don't mean that in a, you know, start beating your team up sort of a way. It's a, it's a natural reaction designed to help you, you know, fight or run away or whatever. So the two things you've got to do. The first thing you've got to take away your own personal anxiety, if that makes sense. So in other words, if I'm about to snap at Max because I'm under pressure, I can't allow that emotion to show through. Does that make sense? So in other words, if Max has done nothing that I shouldn't snap at him, then I need to take a deep breath and not snap at him because of something I've done wrong or a pressure that I'm under. That is different. But what I think you're talking about, if you are frustrated, if you are finding it hard, you know, tears of frustration, etc. I don't think personally that's a bad thing, as long as you're still working the problem and still doing what we talked about, you know, for the last hour or so. I don't think that's a bad thing personally, because people see you as human, and people are more obliged to feel closer to you and to help you become part of the part of the solution. Um, but hopefully, you can see the difference between those between those two things. Abby, did,
0: did that make sense? It did. It did to us, Tim. Um... Mark, I, Isaac, I think that this, this last hour has been what we were hoping to get from this Talking Leaders Broadcast. It's been inspirational. I, I, I know I for going to listen back to the broadcast and, and pick up the, the, the key elements that uh, that I want to revisit for, for myself and uh, what I do. The, the three takeaways for me that Tim said in his, uh, his presentation about accept the situation that you're in, direct, direct and reassure those around you and focus on what you can do. If you can focus on that and build on that, it's gonna work, it's gonna be okay. Mark, Isaac, what, what's your thoughts as we sum, sum up, please? Mark, you go first.
1: Well, it's a, well we've summited Ever, Everest and back. What a, what a great, <laughs> great discussion in less than an hour. I think, yeah, um, a couple of points that I picked up on. It's um, the, one of your first starting lines, Tim. I'm not, an, I'm not very academic, but I can read. Um, but it just proves that leadership and management and development of, of that isn't just for that iconic leader. It's for everybody. Um, uh, and everyone can, can build and, and, and do on that. Then uh, uh, to build on your point, Max, about it, it's normal, it's human to cock up, to feel fear, <laughs> to show emotion. So don't use that as a negative. It's a, It can actually be a, be a positive. But if you're in those situations, it's, it's take a minute. And I like that term, take a minute, whatever that may be to you, um, to actually regroup and then create that habit of being able to control the controllable. Um, and then um, I suppose the final bit, it goes back to um, the toolbox element. And I think that's an important factor as well, because farmers, growers from all different sectors are all very different. But that toolbox has a range of tools in it that isn't directed at a certain challenge. You can assort the tools to, to do the job um, and and solve the problem. And my last final point, always leave people first. Um, that's a really good point.
3: I've never, seen, I've never seen a motivational spreadsheet. Sorry, any accountants.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well said. Well said. Very good. Very good. Now, excellent and an excellent summary there from from Mark and yourself, Max. Um, you know, it's made me reflect on some of the things that you know I maybe used to do, and and all of a sudden he thinks, and where where did I lose that? So, brilliant. And and my one key take home message is is all about the people. It is all about the people. You know, you've never you can't achieve anything without the people. So. Yeah, no, thank you very much, Tim, uh, Max, Mark, um, and you know, get in touch and you know and engage with the Agri Leader program. Uh, you know, get in touch with Mark and myself um, if you know, and, um, if you want to engage with that, please. So, brilliant, thank you. A brilliant hour. Hi,
0: right, Isaac. Thank, thank you, Tim. Just give us a takeaway. You'll, you'll be used to this. What's your What's your takeaway for all the farming community on this AHDB Talking Leaders? broadcast what's the takeaway that you can give us that's going got to that, that we're just going to remember for, for, for now on
3: understand what success looks like for you personally always step towards it doesn't matter how small the step is keep moving towards it and always be part of the solution
0: boom and I just have to wrap up and say my 13 year old son, he wants to see this recording. We're so excited to, to hear from you. He wanted to know what's your favorite tractor. And I think we know, To <laughs> Tim, what's your favorite tractor, please?
3: It's got to be Lamborghini, isn't it? It has, hasn't it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess for that. But, so gentlemen, thank you've you very much. For, but thank you very much for this uh, for, for all participating in this Talking Leaders broadcast with the, with the fantastic team of Isaac and Mark and all of their colleagues at the AHDB. I think you've all knocked it out of the park today. Everyone be well, and we'll see you hopefully at the uh, the next uh, Talking Leaders uh, broadcast very shortly.
3: Thanks, Max. Thanks, guys. Brilliant.
1: Thank good you. Later, have, you. Have, have a good day. day.